The Supreme Court of Canada has ruled that uh, restricting voting rights on expats, Canadian expats, uh, are unconstitutional. And it's a ruling that comes down after the Liberals tabled new legislation that will allow all Canadians abroad to vote, no matter how long they've been out of this country. And the old rules had put a limit on it of five years. So you go to the country, you're there longer than five years, you can't vote. But two Canadian, uh, two Canadians that were uh, working in the United States already had had this um, motion in the courts because they had been uh, refused to vote in the last election. So this ruling comes down today. But if you've been out of the country for over a decade, I mean, why should you get a say? If you're not paying taxes, you're not affected by the governing policies, why do you get a say? Why should your vote count? What riding would you be voting? And there's a lot of questions about this, of how this will all work. But no matter what, after today's court ruling, what is very clear is that this is now here and it's not going away because it assures that no one moving forward in government can take this away from any other Canadian. I want to bring Duff Conacher into this conversation, co-founder of Democracy Watch. She's also a professor over uh, at the University of Ottawa, where he teaches law and politics. Hi, Duff. Hi. Good to have you with us. My pleasure. Your um, your reaction to the Supreme Court ruling? Uh, not surprising, given uh, that it was such a short period of time. Um, I think there could be an argument for putting some conditions on uh, voters and um, and some time limit on it, but given it was only five years and didn't really take into account whether you had any connection to the country or whether you were, you um, visited the country regularly, had family mm-hmm. in it, uh, it was just kind of this blanket rule. I don't find it surprising that uh, the Supreme Court struck it down. There's 1.4 million uh, Canadians living abroad. Um, some have never lived here at all. Some have just been born in this country. Uh, as we know, that there's a, a, a birthing, a, a tourism birthing uh, movement that happens, and there's people that uh, are born here and then move away with other families or, or just aren't here at all. Do you agree that if you've been gone for five, ten years, uh, more than that, let's say 25 years, you should be voting in a Canadian election, given that the policies don't affect you? Exactly, and that's why I think um, there is something that could be fashioned that would withstand uh, the uh, standard that the Supreme Court has set. If if you had no connection to the country, didn't own any property, have any investments here, never returned, never intended to return, and were gone for you know 15 years plus, um, then I think it is uh, a restriction that the courts would uphold. Okay, and what are the chances of that happening? I mean, if the if the you know, if the Liberals wanted to do that, they could have put that in the piece of legislation that they put through and, and came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think the chances are based on um, research showing people like that voting. And very small percentage of, of people abroad actually do vote. Mm-hmm. Do you and know the percentage? It's about 6%. Okay. Only. So of those 1.4 million, it's only a few thousand that actually turn out. And... Um, and as a result, uh, they're not really seen, according to the research that's been done so far, to really affect the outcome of any Canadian election. Albeit, there's an awful lot of uh, people in Hollywood uh, who can make an awful lot of noise saying, you know, vote and uh, you know, make a lot of noise and, and get that, that messaging out there. Yes, uh, although it is illegal for um, someone who is not a resident of Canada 
to be actually um, intervening in an election. Even if it's on that side of the border? Yes. Really? Oh, so if you're in America, you can't, you, you know, can't okay. be inducing um, people to vote. I did not one know way, that. One way or another. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. But how... Induce means yeah. not actually changing someone's vote because it's not possible to prove that right. you change someone's vote because that's all in their head as to why they voted. But even the attempt is a violation. How would this work? I mean, you bring up um, the conditions, you know, that you should have to own property here or, or have some kind of foothold in the country. But as it's written now, and, and if this is the way it proceeds into the next election, how would it work? I mean, if you're living in Los Angeles for the last 10 years and you don't have any property here, what riding are you voting in? Um, usually the riding is, is assigned based on where you last were in, okay. when you were in the country. Oh, okay. And, um, right. Or you can designate a riding. And uh, again, because it's such a low percentage, and also if we saw things in the future like um, a foreign country's government pressuring Canadians in that country to vote a certain way because they wanted a certain party to win because it was in their interests, um, which is something that David Frum raised as a concern with removing the restrictions when he testified before the uh, for the Senate committee and his uh, sister, Linda Frum, mm-hmm. has also raised the same uh, concern. She is a senator and mm-hmm. was on that committee. Um, then, you know, if, if, if that was proven to actually be a problem as opposed to just a potential problem, then I think you would see a reaction from both voters in Canada and, and then uh, uh, the federal parties to say, okay, we should have some restrictions here. Um, you know, there's some organized effort to try and drive our election in a certain way by people who have no connection to the country and no intention of ever returning. And is this something your organization will be pushing for? Because, I mean, with, there's all this talk, uh, Duff, about, you know, political interference and all, you know, protecting and making sure that you no know, games are being played. Is this something that, that uh, your organization will be pushing for? Um, mainly just uh, tracking the research on it to, to see whether the actual problems are are uh, exposed. Um, essentially, if you're going to uh, restrict someone's charter rights, you have to show that uh, there's a connection between uh, an actual problem and the solution you're proposing. And right now, the research shows there's no actual problem. I mean, the, the people who do vote from everything, all the research that's been done, are people who are abroad because they're working for the UN or a temporary work position of some sort in business or whatever and have intention to return clearly um, and have connections and spend, you know, three months of the year here mm-hmm. on vacation and have family here and or property or something. So there's just no that's, – that's in part why I wasn't surprised with the Supreme Court's decision. There is no problem that a restriction addresses right now. Right. And when did this become a thing? I mean, in past years – have there been has there been this this movement uh, to to have those living abroad uh, have a say? No, and a lot of people thought that the Harper government actually implemented this, but no, it was challenged uh, when the Harper Conservatives were in power. But it was actually implemented in the mid nineties. Just 
not as uh, really the full agenda of the liberals. I'm guessing justice lawyers might have come up with it, and the minister may not have even paid attention. It was You're talking about of, the five-year uh, limit? Yeah, yeah, that was just inserted in the law in the mid-'90s in a change to the election law, and uh, it was actually the Chrétien liberals that mm-hmm. implemented it. Um, so, But it wasn't challenged till 2011, and so a lot of people thought, oh, they're challenging something that the Harper Conservatives have done. No, it had already been in place since uh, the mid-'90s. And... Um, no, there was no – Democracy Watch started in 93. There was no talk that time that we have to stop this because there's all sorts of expats being organized abroad by foreign governments to vote against particular parties here or anything. It was just something inserted in into the law uh, in these sort of five-year reviews that happened of the elections law. And usually those are huge bills. We've just had one passed, Bill mm-hmm. C-76. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of things in there that sometimes the minister doesn't even really – isn't really fully conscious of. Right. But, I mean, given um, technology the way it is today, given, you know, the fact that we do know that we're kind of vulnerable when it comes to to voting and and protecting, you know, that no one interferes, um, what may have been talked about back in 2011 doesn't necessarily uh, mean it's stayed the same in 2018. So, No, it's true. And it's possible that uh, it could happen. And and, um, the March Watch does support some restrictions. Yeah. Um, but it, there's many things we're calling for in terms of changes to make our elections fair and democratic and where there are real problems mm-hmm. that we know about for sure, yeah. not something that could potentially happen in 2019. But um, you still, I mean, you have to get a mail-in ballot. You have to go to the consulate and get that and register. It's not something you can do online. So you got to be a motivated voter. You have to be a motivated person. It would take a lot of organization to get expats. Uh, or, if, you know, if a foreign government was threatening expats, I would be in the news the next day. Sure. Or organizing them in some way. So um, because someone would be contacted who didn't agree, right, who was an expat. Because how's a foreign government going to determine which Canadians to contact to say, oh, yeah, these ones will roll over and do what we want. So they'd likely contact them all, and someone would report it the next day to a Canadian media and say, this government's trying to pressure me to come vote vote a certain way. Just quickly before I let you go, is there, you know, as we head into this election, are there issues outstanding that you're concerned about that need to be uh, amended or fixed, uh, you know, as we we trek towards October? Very much so. Bill C-76 does a few very bad things. One, it increases the amount that wealthy interest groups can spend on advertising. You're talking about more. third, for, like foreign interest, third-party groups? Yep, more yep. than doubles it. Yep. it. It weakens the rule that yep. uh, prohibits false claims against candidates, severely weakens it, and the Commissioner of Canada Elections and the Chief Electoral Officer both warned at the Senate Committee that this was a very bad move. Mm-hmm. It's going to make false claims more legal in our election, so it'll make the election more dishonest. Uh, wealthy interests will drive it more because their spending can more than double sure. on ads. It doesn't do enough to stop secret online fake election ads mm-hmm. that undermine the U.S. election. And uh, it, it also does nothing to strengthen a rule to prevent false promises that mislead voters. And that rule needs to be strengthened because the Commissioner of Canada Elections refuses to enforce the current rule. So if changes are not made, we will not have a fair, democratic, honest election in in the fall of 2019, we, we will see our election undermined by the, many of the same problems that plagued the U.S. election in 2016 for the, the presidential election. Yeah, it won't be the Russians, though. It'll be American money, because that's been going on for a while now with the uh, foreign-funded uh, campaigns against 
you know, certain players. Well, like, yeah. those those groups do receive mm-hmm. foreign money, but also there's lots of think tanks and others that intervene in Canadian politics yep. that are funded by wholly owned subsidiaries of U.S. companies. Yes. Who are foreign companies. They're yep. foreign owned, 100%. So they should not be allowed to intervene as well in uh, in policy debates uh, because they're not Canadian companies. They're wholly owned subsidiaries of U.S. companies. So we do need to, to definitely uh, address all of that and it's certainly not a good step to double the amount of money they can spend on advertising during the election, and that's more than double it. And that's what the Liberals' Bill C thirty seventy six did. Yeah, and I tend to agree with you, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad at least it's on the radar uh, and being looked into because I, yeah, I totally agree that's going to go. Hopefully, there will be another bill. There's plenty of time to pass a bill <laughs> between now and the end of June, and Elections Canada would not have to change anything. All they would be uh, have is new rules to enforce. It wouldn't change their enforcement practices at all. And so there's no reason why these changes cannot be made. And if they're not made, we're going to see an election plagued by the same problems as the U.S. presidential election. Stay tuned. Mr. Conacher, thank you. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Alex. Take that is uh, Duff Conacher. He is the co-founder of Democracy uh, Watch. But yeah, groups like Lead Now, they played a big role in the last federal election, foreign funded. They targeted 25 ridings helped flip seats against uh, Harper, um, and they very much claim that they helped win that election, and they did that again in the provincial election where they campaigned proactively against Doug Ford. This is the kind of stuff that should not be allowed, and I don't care if it's right or left. It is not okay to undermine and manipulate our democracy. Dear On Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.